Today's episode of Tales of the Voidfarer is presented by the Project Derailed Patreon. If you are enjoying Tales of the Voidfarer, Fables Around the Table, or any of the other content that we create, please consider becoming a patron. Get access to patron VIP channels on our Discord server, extended Q&A episodes, and a patron-exclusive monthly podcast, Derailed Off the Rails, all now on a single $5 subscription tier. Head over to patreon.com slash projectderailed for more info. Previously on Tales of the Voidfarer. You know about Hannah, right? Yeah. Try to contact her using the sending spell, and it failed. Does that definitely mean something bad? The other options is, is that we have on ourselves a magical impossibility that the spell actually failed, and that Hannah is in fact alive, or the spell has done its duty, and Hannah is no longer among the living. You're one of our best bets for getting out of here. So for the moment, let's try not to think about Hannah. Is that a lot to ask? Marco kind of nods for a moment. Okay, then we need to also discuss my hallucination. Okay, yeah, this is different. We got all of our banter out before we even yeah. hit record. <laughs> I don't know if it's even worth trying at this point. <laughs> Just hop on into the episode. Nick is tired of listening to us talk. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, see, I'm tired of lifting all the weight. Um, <laughs> what? Of trying to keep things fun and entertaining when we hit record. Oh, I see. You fucking write a huge story and play a hundred characters and edit every week, and then you think you're pulling the weight of this podcast. <laughs> you are such a narcissist. Yeah, you're right, Saker. You really put it into perspective. Listen, we know from the merchandising, it's all about flapwing. <laughs> That's right, Saker. You did make like the most mascot of mascot characters though. <laughs> I did. I did. You know, and then I made him as sad as possible to just undermine that. <laughs> <laughs> and then you go and do shit like make friends with baby owl bears, which oh, like also man. merchandising right there. It's 100%, yeah. yeah. I'm just see see I'm trying to I'm trying to increase our stock here, you know? Mm, we need that mm. we need that merch. Have you looked into uh owl bear plushies? I have. We sent a link for them if people were interested. Not from <laughs> us, but the people who make them. <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking over here like flap wing, like squishmallow plushy sort of thing. Ooh, oh, I like that. that I like so that. Cute. Right. That would sell like hotcakes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when we cut Saker out once we've made our million. <laughs> Jesus. Wow. <laughs> Thankfully, the intellectual rights to Flapwing are something that I keep with me. So Damn. good luck with your like. Our, our Aaron Sorkin drama. Uh, I was going to say whatever mini octopus character Cliff comes on and plays after me. I don't know <laughs> who you're replacing me with. but. 
Squiddy the turtle returns. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, you want to play Dungeons and Dragons? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> you guys all sound so enthused. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was funny. Um, right before this, I was talking with Tom about like the plan for the chapter. I'm like, this is going to be the seventh chapter. Should we like start digging into the plot a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> it's only been a few years. You can let you guys just kind of poke around in the ice for six episodes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So. If you recall, you guys are currently navigating your way through this massive library city, the Lyceum Acanus, the central hub of all of the knowledge of the entire Cretorian Empire, on your way to the headquarters of the Order of the Rift Centuries, the home base, if you will, of Cyrus, the elf that is trapped in Marco's Ring of Mind Shielding. And in making your way through the city under the cover of darkness to protect yourself from the patrolling white dragons, you in fact stumbled upon the horde of a sleeping white dragon. And after stealing all its shit, woke it up and had a little scuffle in which Luckbeak got the killing blow, yeah. shocking everyone, <laughs> <laughs> including himself, I think. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> But you managed to get to cover in time to hear the distant, angry roaring of a very upset mother dragon and managed to get yourself deeper into the structure to find a place of safety to camp. And that is where you guys are now. So, Ravnus, you just had a conversation with Rinzar about the Shasal coup in which he was trying to potentially recruit you and possibly also Ezereth, but he seemed not as sure about her as he was about you. Luckbeak and Marker just had a conversation as well. So we find everybody just kind of settling in. Roxana has a, a fire going and roaring, and Merrick is actually kind of posted up next to it and pulled off his boots and is warming his bare feet in front of the flames. Probably dangerously close, but he doesn't seem <laughs> to mind. <laughs> I think that Marco would approach Ravnus after everything kind of settles down. Yeah, Ravnus is uh, getting her stuff set up properly. So Marco walks over um, and sits down and says, Oh, Ravnus, um, I know that you're probably much more of an expert at repressing your emotions, so I was wondering if I could get some <laughs> advice from you. <laughs> <laughs> she sort of looks like she's not sure if she's supposed to be insulted by that or not. <laughs> and uh, She's like, I can try. Um, what do you what do you need? Well, um, I was just talking with Flapwing a moment ago um, about um, a conversation I attempted to have with my friend Hannah back on Toril. Um, long story short, she's probably dead. And I'm not sure how to kind of respond to that, and I, um, I guess um, I haven't really been myself, and it's been kind of hard to kind of control various feelings that I'm having. But uh, as Flapwing was saying, it's probably best that I try to put that behind me right now while we're in a life and death situation and then parse it out once I'm in a less life and death situation. And considering the fact that I really don't know how to do that, nor have I really faced this before, I decided to come to you because it seems like you're an expert at this sort of thing. Um, I, I don't really know if things that work for me will work for you, Marco. 
Um, have you tried just focusing on keeping everyone here alive? Hmm. I haven't thought about that, actually. Well, sometimes in kind of the moment, but are you saying that it might be good to focus on a specific sort of task and something and kind of push other things, like, to the back of your mind? I, I think that you can try that. I think hmm. that things might still bubble to the surface, but all we can really do now is just try to survive this. So maybe Luckbeak's saying that that's what we should focus on. Well, how are you currently handling your situation with this, like, pirate, evil pirate queen? Because it seems like you're still just so calm and collected and whatnot, but it must be quite traumatizing. <laughs> well, fuck you too, Marco. Uh, <laughs> um, she, um, she sort of gives him a, a weird look, and she's like, I don't think you want to do the things that I do, Marco. Are, are they bad? Does this involve, like, self-flagellation or something? <laughs> I mean, do you want to constantly worry you're going to die all the time? No, that probably wouldn't be productive, you're right. You constantly worry that? She is going to say, if you want some advice, sometimes worrying about your basic needs will let the complications of other things sort of fade into the background. I don't know if that's actually good advice, but that's what I usually do. You know, that's actually making a lot of sense to me. I mean, I'm kind of currently in my paradise right now, and yet my mind is currently wandering on for other things. So if I focus on the fact that I'm surrounded by all of this knowledge, I can put aside the fact that someone that I deeply cared about is dead. So that is good advice. Yes, thank you. And, um... I think Marco's going to stand up and say, Ravnus, you're a really good friend. Thank you so much for helping me out. You should, like, think about it once we go back to the ship, though. I don't think we can focus on it right now, but I think you should at some point. That does make sense to me. I think from what I've heard from my times of working in, like, the new fields of psychology is that it might be a good idea to talk to someone about this. But, um, yeah, for now, books, am I right? Yeah. Um, she stops him before she walks away. Did part of you always think that this was a possibility? That Hannah was dead? Or that you would never talk to her again, I guess. Um, no. It's, uh, considering how great and, and powerful that she was, the concept of her dying or her not actually contacting me before never seemed to be a possibility. It seemed like she'd always have a way, if that makes sense. So it's very bizarre. I'm sorry. It's appreciated, but, uh... Yeah, for now, I'll try to, to take the advice and try to focus on the task at hand. Alright. Thank you, Ravnus. You are a good friend, and I appreciate the advice. Okay, well... Let's just focus on getting out of here, like I said. Exactly. Survival. Well, books, then survival. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes, those are the priorities. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Marco will uh will also kind of walk away and then try to attune himself to his new toy. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think Ravenous is also doing some attuning, maybe. So you guys attune to your stuff. Um, if you haven't already, I think we did, if I recall, uh, do a little bit of that at the end of the last episode. I think I am just kind of checking in with Merrick. Um, and uh, apologizing for having shot him in the neck. <laughs> uh, he says, oh, buddy, don't even worry about it. it Scriv killed me up good. Plus, I think, look, he, he kind of pulls his collar back. I think that's going to be a pretty wicked looking scar, don't oh, you think? Oh, man. Yeah, absolutely. Should we come up with maybe a better bar story than uh, I accidentally shot you? I, I, I assumed. I mean, it's on the neck. Do you, do you think that kind of looks like a vampire bite? That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's totally cool. Oh, my God. People are going to dig the vampire bite thing. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Real quick. <laughs> I like the fact that this was a full-on hostage situation, but that's not cool enough. <laughs> well, the fact that I tried to save him and accidentally shot him is the not cool part. Well, so we can say you, we can say you were taken hostage by a vampire king. Uh, vampire mm. lord? Yeah, lord. That sounds way better. Um, and then when I tried to free you, he decided that he was going to chomp down and... Because uh, I am a snack. Oh, my gosh. I mean, <laughs> look at that. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. So this paints us both as heroes. This is good. I like this. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Good, good. Does the vampire lord need a name? Yeah. Because um, if he's a lord, it'd be like, you know, we, we got to know. It's not just a random vampire. I don't think there's a such thing as a random vampire. What about darts? Darts the vampire lord. Is Not that good? Bad. Okay. Like maybe we could spice it up with some extra vowels, like D H A R T S or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that looks that that sounds a little bit better when I know how it's spelled. Okay, okay, okay. Good, good. Whew. <laughs> Uh, all right, yeah, I'll just invent evil Strahd lore on my own. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> uh, Negastrad. Yeah. Negastrad. Um, so, okay, uh, yeah, we're just chatting. I, I don't really have any yeah. plans for Merrick. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, Marco, as you kind of head back and settle down and I imagine pull out a book, because mm -hmm. I think that's what Marco always does when he's idle. You hear Cyrus speak up in the back of your mind. Well, what's the plan from here once we decide to start moving again? Well, um, we're heading to your old office was the first of our uh, steps of our journey. Uh, we're almost there, actually. Yes, I think that is uh, a good plan. We should be able to dig into the various records of the, the place to see what information we can find about the Mind Flayers. Was there any particular information that you were planning on looking for specifically? Well, um, I think the biggest ones would be, obviously, the spell that is currently cast, what seems to be on the entire galaxy. How could that even be possible? So anything of Mind Flayer capabilities or Mind Flayer mind control would probably be the most pertinent. But uh, anything on their social structure or like past dealings that happened with... Uh, with uh, the Kratorian Empire would be very beneficial. There's a lot of unknowns that we need to answer pretty quickly. Cyrus is going to say, uh, well, it does seem that the Mind Flayers are still active in this system. I mean, usually 
seeing one nautiloid by itself would be a rarity, but seeing three and a elithid dreadnought together speaks of a pretty significant presence. Beyond that, what other information can we glean from your office? Anything on mind flares or anything of particular pertinence? Um, if anything, you could probably also tell me some very important information from your um, from the offices, and we can collect them and look at them over later. Well, the Order of the Rift Centuries keep records of any and all aberrations, um, but there definitely would be no small shortage of information on mind flayers specifically. Really, anything and everything pertaining to them, from their physiology to their structures and capabilities and tactics. If we're looking for what they're capable of and what they're doing here and now, that's probably the best place to look. As far as how it pertains specifically to the Kratorian Empire, I think um, more information will probably be gleaned in the catacombs. Yes. Um, let me ask you this. Considering everything that we've currently witnessed about this spell that seems to be affecting everyone, Sans, the three of us plus you, do you think that this spell would also affect... Well, it has affected, that's right. No, it, it, it would affect what they see, too, visually. So if you were to see a nautiloid then someone like Roxana would see something completely different. Is that... That's correct, right? That seems to be the case from what we've observed, because pretty much the entire crew of the Voidfarer saw the ships that arrived as we were departing the Vizier, and yet their memories appear to be altered, in which they recall seeing uh, gif-manned vessels and not actually uh, nautiloids at all. Okay, this actually does make me think about something very specific, the rest of the group in our party would have to probably be looking for other things, because the only ones who can actually see nautiloid stuff would be myself, Ravnus, and Flapwing. So, they could collect the rest of the information, we can collect this, and if they come across GIF things, then they could also bring them to us. Where exactly would specific Mind Flayer Illithid, um like, research be here, because that could save us a lot of time instead of just kind of digging through rubble. Well, depending on the state of the archives when we get there, things should be cataloged in such a way that we can specifically go to information about mind flares and the like. Um, Let's say, do they have a Dewey Decimal System? <laughs> <laughs> He'll say that there is a specific cataloging system that can be used to, to find what you're needing. And he's going to say... In regards to what we've observed effect-wise, well, I'm not entirely certain if whatever's happening is blocking all mentionings of mind flayers and the like, because I believe that some of your companions have had no issue speaking about mind flayers in general. Hmm. But referencing the specific event of the nautiloids arriving and the idea of mind flayers being a present threat appears to be what is being altered. That being said, I'm also not entirely convinced that any instance of mentionings of mind flares that is changed would be replaced with something GIF-related. It may just simply be any plausible explanation that could arise. So, hmm. In general, if I were just to say, excuse me, you know... What do you know about Illithid? They'd be able to remember it, but it wouldn't be... It would specifically be, like, a specific instance that would get blanked and changed of, like, scene one or seeing them as a threat. 
it appears that way, which definitely makes this feel like it's some sort of um, specific obfuscation. Hmm. Let's test this hypothesis real quick. Renzar, and I walk over and sit next to Renzar. He'll look up and say, yes, Marco. So what do you uh, do me a favor real quick? Um, what, what can you tell me about illithids or mind flayers? Um, he kind of perks up about that and like, well, I'm sure you know that as a Gizerai, mind flayers are no friends of mine. In fact, um, sworn enemies. Oh, really? So, okay, so um, you'll have to uh, forgive me here because I'm actually, uh, I guess, kind of a, a foreigner. Um, can you give me like a little bit of a history just about your people um, and the and the relationship with the mind flayers? It's, it's part of my research. I'm, I'm, I don't mean to bug you too much, just a curiosity. He cocks an eyebrow at you, but he'll proceed to now give you a very brief primer in uh, the history of the Gith in general, um, where they were once one people enslaved and experimented upon by the Mind Flayers before eventually gaining the means, in no small part due to psionic imbuements that they gained through this Mind Flayer experimentation revolt against the Mind Flayers and manage to fight their way to their independence. However, there was a schism in their ideology during this process, and they branched off into the two separate peoples of Githyanki and Githzerai. I think without with Marco, without even like kind of realizing what was happening, just starts taking notes. <laughs> like, it's just... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just at first he's like, okay, so he's figuring out and like, oh, this is also kind of interesting information. Let's see here. Wait a second. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> Renzar, um, thank you. I'm sorry if that was at all traumatic for you. Um, I, oh, I... no, these these events happened uh, thousands and thousands of years ago. But thank you, though. It was uh, it was very valuable information. I appreciate it. Oh, um, I happen to be um, looking into research about Mind Flayer history as well as... Um, as well as just sort of their, like, ship structures and whatnot. So if you happen to see anything about them laying around, could you bring them to me? I will certainly let you know if I see any. Uh, thank you. And he's going to turn around and start walking away and kind of thinks back to size, like, all right, um, hypothesis proven. Very good. Hmm. That means it's kind of like a word of, or kind of having to turn a phrase in order to uh, get the kind of information you want to cross, isn't it? I suppose. I'm also not sure how sophisticated it is. So. Generally, asking about things in in general um, seems <laughs> to be uh, definitely no problems at all. But I think the minute you start trying to talk about any specific instances is when the problems would arise. Mm. Good, good. Okay, good to know. Hmm. Learned something new today. Do you think the... Uh... Oh, what's the thing called again? Is it Dex? The... Thing Hi, around. hello, yes, my name is Dex. He <laughs> zooms up immediately. <laughs> that was Tanner, but... <laughs> Marco will uh, he'll just be like, Ah, Dex, what can you tell me about Mind Flayers and also any information about them? Um, He will, uh, like, kind of vib hum and vibrate for a second and says, The information about Mind Flayers can be found at the Order of the Rift Centuries. And the and then he just goes through the list, the same exact list that he gave you when you first found him, basically telling you where you can find information about mind flayers in the city uh, by order of like quantity. 
he is basically just regurgitating the Google results for Alithids. <laughs> yeah, so at that point, not even stopping it, I'm just going to like tune him out as I go back to Cyrus, as he just keeps going. <laughs> Good. All right, then. Well, I guess we now know kind of how we should go about this. Hmm. It appears so. That's the case. Is there anything, like, would your office actually still be there? I mean, theoretically intact. Um, I mean, given the state of the things that we've seen, it's the structure of it may still be there, but soft materials, um, wooden parchment, unless specifically enchanted, like most of our books and records, um, would be long deteriorated, um, even if the, the structure is, is sound, given some of the damage that we've seen in our travels, um, that may not be, strictly speaking, true. Wait a minute, so you, what, all of your things are enchanted, right? Like, magically enchanted? Specifically, uh, records and documents are are given uh, a light enchantment to keep them from deteriorating um, through just simply through the passage of time. So, um, would a detect magic spell have any sort of effect on it? Would it give off a you? <laughs> he says the the preservation enchantments upon the actual documents would be faint. So you may get a detect magic may pick them up within close proximity, but uh, the Use of a detect magic spell would certainly detect the presence of any cognition shards, for certain, though. Okay, then. Hmm. Not, not reliable, but certainly one that could be used in a pinch. All right. And he will add that there should be a decent amount of cognition shards left. It was still a new technology that was being adopted um, about the time of my imprisonment in the ring. So... I'm uncertain how much of our records have been converted into the uh, crystal repositories. Mm. Okay. Well, at least we know what we're looking for when we get there. And uh, I'll just point out that uh, specifically cognition shards are not something that you heard of, but just through context clues, you imagine it's something similar to Ravnus's spell shard. Yeah. Her little uh, detect thoughts ribbon sort of thing. That's where she learned that. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, hmm. Judging from the location, would uh, actually I'm gonna like just walk back over to Rinzar. Go, Rinzar. How close are we to the um, Order of the Rift Centuries? If I remember the map correctly, um, it shouldn't be far from here. All right. Uh, thank you. You're the best, Rinzar. And he turns around and walks away again. He goes, hmm. Dex, how far are we? Um, Dex will speak. <laughs> Dex will interrupt his his listing off of locations, which has now like continued on to the third or fourth Google results page. We're getting into like the illithid erotica and like deviant art. He says, "Oh, we should arrive in only a few more hours of travel." Thank you. We should start to actually get a game plan here. Then I'm getting excited. Ah, good. Information. We're going to learn some things today. Do you require assistance with anything else? Um, just power down until I need you. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the ball, uh, the spinning uh, rings of the gyroscope just immediately stop moving, and the light flickers, and it just clink to the ground. Oh, no, Dex, wake up. Wake up. Yes. Wrong. How can I be of service? Poor choice of words. Just uh, on standby. <laughs> All right. And it just it just remains there hovering. <laughs> yep. So what do you think we'll actually uncover here? Do you think we'd even glean anything worthwhile? I certainly think so. I mean, like 
we're looking for specific information that could explain the phenomenon that we're observing. And I think this is the, the best chance we have at uncovering that. Plus any information that we can uh, receive about the way that mind flares operate would be undoubtedly useful um, given the circumstances, even if we don't fully understand what they're here for and what they're doing. Very good. Well, hmm. I'm going to stay with my thoughts for now, but until then, I guess I'm going to probably, well, try to get some sleep, I guess. I don't know. And once we have the information here, we can head over to the Catacomb District and see if we can find some answers on what happened to the Cretorian Empire. Ah, uh, yes, the certainly more pertinent to my research. Hmm. Um, and my personal interests. And oh, yes, I mean, of course. And speaking of those, um, I mean, I'd hate to impose, but this is also where we might have the best chance of finding a way to restore my body, if we can make a in, point of doing that. In your office or in the, uh... In the city in, in general. Ah, uh, yes, of course. I mean, obviously, I want you to have your body back. I think that should also be a priority. I mean... And I... Trust me, I would be way more useful. Indeed. Hmm. No, don't worry. We will get you a body back, I promise. Very good. Then Marco is probably gonna, like, close his eyes and try to get get some sleep. Yep. So, um, you guys settle in for the night. Uh, unless anybody has anything else you want to do, you can take a long rest. Oh, yeah, I'm definitely taking a long rest, yeah, man. I don't have anything else to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Someone else yep. can do watch than me. I'm... Yeah, no, there's enough There's enough people there that, that everybody uh, takes turns. All right. At one point in the night where you guys are kind of startled awake... Because there is a, a rumble that shakes the room. Roxana, who is on watch, kind of holds her hand out in like a silencing motion as she kind of is eyeing the ceiling above. Merrick goes, what's going on? And she goes, shh, quiet. I was going to say, is Marco close to Merrick? Yeah. I think he just slapped his like hand onto his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys hear this rumble and some bits of like rubble and stone fall from the ceiling. Like, some dust and there's another rumble and you hear a distant roar muffled through layers of stone and you hear the distant flapping of wings that grow quieter as they go away and Roxana will say I think it's gone we definitely appeared to have angered it I would assume so well are we safe down here I think we're safe for now and get the rest of our arrest, and then we can try moving on to our destination as unseen as possible, I think. Okay. If it makes you feel any better, Flapwing, the size of a full-grown dragon probably would not fit through here. Though, granted, at the same time, too, she also would just probably not make this room disappear. Right. She'll, she'll make it. You know what? Don't think about it. We're fine. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Put it out of my head. Can you look please? takes out the guy. He's like, oh, sorry, Merrick. <gasps> Did you have to do the mouth and the nose? Sorry, I'm, you know, I'm not the most dexterous. <laughs> <sighs> I'm going back to bed. <laughs> he rolls over. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> the rest of the evening continues without interruption and you're able to get the rest of your sleep, uh, get back all your hit points and cell slots and all that fun stuff.
So as you guys are getting up in the morning, Brohane stretches and says, all right, well, uh, what's the plan? I guess well, just to continue oh, on, right? Uh, go ahead. Sorry, Marco. Oh, no, that's okay. Um, I feel like I talk too much anyways. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're, um, we're on our way to the Order of the Rift Centuries. We should make it today. Actually, I should probably tell everybody this, considering what we're actually going to be looking for here. Um, think of this as a big depository of information, especially about creatures and aberrations. In particular, we're looking for information about illithids or mind flayers in general. Um, just whatever you can find about them, their history, um, their ships, their physiology, anything like that. But any information on aberrations would be useful. So anything and everything you can find, but be sure you focus on looking for anything that looks like an illithid. Okay. It is a giant squid person, if you will. Kind of like a human-like body, and then um, think like eight to ten, like an octopus set on top of my head. Brohane is going to say, uh, I think everyone is at least vaguely aware of what a mind flare is, but I'm a little confused as to why we're concerned with them. Uh, Scrivel speak up and say, mind flayers haven't been seen in this system since anyone arrived here. Well, you see... It turns out that they are actually very fascinating historical um, type of creature that may have been long gone centuries ago, but are actually very important to creatures of today and can tell us a lot about any sort of um, cataclysmic events that could happen based on their previous research. Very well worded. Uh, <laughs> Merrick is going to say, wait, wait, wait. So we came down to this friggin' ice cube just for, you know, gen eds? Merrick, um, allow me to kind of elaborate for a second. Let's say that we look back into the past and learn of a horrific thing that could destroy the universe. Okay. But because we actually have this knowledge or information of the past, we can actually predict and stop this from ever happening again in the future. So the idea here is that if we collect this information of the past, we can actually prevent atrocities from happening in the future. Well, I'm convinced. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I, I, I think Osiris, I can't believe that worked. <laughs> he doesn't seem like, um, I, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure any explanation would have made him happy. I mean, I know it's a low bar, but still. <laughs> um, <laughs> I say that with all respect due. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, um, that is pretty much what we're actually looking for here, is information about the past illithid society that could help us understand a potential catastrophe that could occur and could wipe out millions of people. All right. Well, let's get to work then. <laughs> Mark kind of slumps like, oh, thank God that worked. <laughs> Um, I think he is going to get, like, Flapwing and uh, Ravenous together, though, after everyone kind of dismisses and starts setting up camp. Yeah. Everybody starts tearing down, getting ready to go, and you can kind of have a little sidebar. So, considering the fact that we are the only ones that could actually know the full reach of this, we need information about Illithids, their capabilities, their spell capabilities. Um, Anything that could point to what they could be up to right now. 
Right. Yeah, I mean, I mean, of course. I mean, that's kind of what you told everybody to look for. But I, I get it. Well, yeah, but I mean, this is very important for you all. Like, they can clearly kind of pick up illithids as like a general concept. But we need to very specifically focus on magical capabilities because that's what can help break this spell. Right. Is if we understand what this spell is. So that's why I want you all to focus your energy specifically on their magical capabilities. We'll do our best. Yeah, I mean, we certainly don't have the brain for it that you do, but uh, I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll give it a try. That's that's fine. Um, actually, I think Marco would just kind of like quickly like start to just jot down some like general stuff and just hand the over to him and be like, just look for these things. If you see it, just bring it to me, and I can parse out the rest. Marco, this is just a blank piece of paper. <laughs> What are we looking? No, I'm sorry. I, I was just joking with you. I was. Never mind. <laughs> Marco kind of um... looks at that, like blinks twice, and starts laughing. Good. Sometimes I have to weigh. Like, will this be too much for you to handle at the moment? I'm glad you laughed. Okay. <laughs> no, don't worry. Thanks to Radness, I'm able to very much repress my emotions. Oh. Thanks to. Radness. Okay. Well, that's good. I guess for the moment. For the moment, not in the long term, but. Oh, no, no. I mean, even Ravnus was saying that it's very important that we actually talk about this later. But for now, I'm really concentrating on books. I like Doc, but I wish there were some sort of, like, therapist on our ship. I think that would really help a lot of people. <laughs> Wouldn't Arella kind of fit that bill? Well, no. <laughs> Seeing <laughs> as she's never done therapy for us. <laughs> 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 oh my god, that was great though. Was the well, no. <laughs> to answer your question, yeah, she does often do that. No one's ever approached her. Oh about shit. It. No, uh, I think her her and Marco had a conversation that kind of hinted at that, um, especially because she expressed concern about Salon. Right. Okay. I have all the cannon up in Jesus. my brain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, Ravnus will also say, um, you could try Scrib. He usually has, like, jokes and stuff. I don't know if that'll make you feel better. You know, that's a good idea. Well, <laughs> in case I'm actually feeling sad or feeling like emotions are going to come up and I'm going to start crying again, I'll instead go talk to Scrib. Yeah. Ask him for jokes, poems, stories, like all of it. And just really surprise him with the kind of requests you make. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very specific. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> I want to joke about a bear in a bar. <laughs> He's got him. But, but I mean, uh, Flapwing, one of the best times that I had a good laugh is whenever you came up with this lovely limerick for me. So it would actually help me a lot if you could come up with a limerick. Sure, I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and Saker. Yes, and. <laughs> However, of course, I'm not. Let us hear a limerick. I'm not a robot man, so it may take me a little while because I am, of course, a sentient regular person. <laughs> Be like a scriv, please, please calm down on that one. <laughs> Listen, it's okay. You can come up with one later. Just you know, I really appreciate you. Okay, humor. yeah, I will. Definitely by the end of today. Well, well thank you. It, you're a good friend. You both are. I appreciate both of you. Thanks, right pal. Now. And hey, thank you for getting me out of uh, breaking down the tent and bedroll duty. Oh, what? Thank. <laughs> <laughs> He kind of quickly realizes what he actually did and was like, <laughs> oh, um, of course. Well, um, 
It was my pleasure. You you hear Merrick in the background. It's like, I can never get the sleeping bag all the way back in the bag. It's like, I don't know how it was in there to begin with. <laughs> That's oh, your Merrick. problem, my friend. <laughs> Listen, we're the main characters over here. We don't have to do tear down. Exactly. <laughs> Hello everyone, Nick Yurisiva here, your dungeon master and your captain speaking. For your safety and comfort, please remain seated with your seatbelt fastened until you see the fastened seatbelt sign turn off, upon which you will be free to move about the podcast. Thanks for listening to the seventh episode of Chapter 6 of Tales of the Voidfarer. Like I said at the top of the show, if you are enjoying Tales of the Voidfarer and the other content we create, we'd be incredibly appreciative if you considered supporting us over on the Project Derailed Patreon. Now with a single $5 subscription tier, get access to patron-exclusive Discord channels, extended Q&A episodes, and a whole extra podcast where the Derailed team just sits around and chats about whatever, usually soda and other things it's you, you know what just subscribe and see for yourself and we know not everyone is able to pitch in but you can always support the show at no cost to you by leaving a review on itunes or simply spreading the word on social media and as always just thank you so much for listening visit patreon.com slash project derailed if you'd like to subscribe you should give us a follow on our social media if you haven't already, at Voidfarer Podcast on Facebook and at Voidfarer Pod on Twitter. We are super happy to announce Project Derailed is the new home of It's All Been Done, a Bare Naked Ladies podcast. Our very own Luckbeak, Saker, and Evan discuss each song in the Bare Naked Ladies discography with a variety of guests. Don't know anything about BNL? That's okay. I don't either. And I was a guest on an episode. Check out the trailer at the end of this episode. Cape Chronicles, our new Masks A New Generations podcast, is well underway. You can catch the first two issues now wherever you get podcasts, and the third comes out tomorrow at the time of this release. Come for the teenage superhero shenanigans and stay for the velociraptor noises. The next season of Fables Around the Table is here, playing Morkborg. Enter this death metal-inspired world GM'd by Chelsea Rexinger. Meet the players and their characters in Episode 0 now and catch Episode 1 of Fable She, Wednesday, April 13th. Come hang out with us on the Project Derailed Community Discord, where we are always hanging out, chatting about all things nerdy, swapping memes, and playing games. I actually just ran a one-shot of the sci-fi horror RPG mothership over there with some friends and fans. So head over to projectderailed.com discord to join in on the fun. Did you know that a vast majority of the human race is an owner of at least one article of clothing? So do not overlook this detail when making your infiltration plans. Fit in with the puny earthlings and do so in style by grabbing a cool article of clothing from the Project Derailed Redbubble store. They also have mugs, pillows, notebooks, and more with a variety of art from Tales of the Voidfair, Fables Around the Table, and more. Go to bit.ly slash derailed shop to complete your invasion disguise. Theme song by Tom Goldthwaite with additional music by purple-planet.com. The next episode of Tales of the Voidfarer lands on Tuesday, April 19th, 2022. See you then. All right, well, the camp is now torn down. <laughs> <laughs>
and you guys start making your way to your destination. You have to detour once because of a massive collapse where one of the structures that you have to go to just seems to have completely been obliterated under the weight of ice and snow. But going down um, several layers deeper, you're actually able to find an enclosed connection from this tower over into the adjacent tower where Cyrus will tell you the order of the Rift Sentries is located. This tower is not nearly as tall as some of the towers in the area of the Grand Quadrivium that you left behind. And as you ascend, Cyrus will tell you the Order of the Rift Sentries is located um, a decent way up. Um, you catch glimpses out of the tower and see that there is a large temple located on a terrace built into the side of the canyon wall that is overlooking this district of the city. And you can see that the day-to-day is a little bit clearer even more so than yesterday, but it does look like as you catch a glimpse upward that there is still um, pretty consistent uh, churning snow blowing across the mouth of the canyon above. I'm going to uh, burn one of my sendings on my uh, magical arch on my spell archive um, and contact uh, Val. Yeah. And I'm going to say, um, Val... How is the storm looking like? Uh, what is the storm looking like from space right now? Marco, the storm seems to be pretty widespread. We don't have visual of the canyon at all. Hopefully it'll clear up in another day or two. Um, I'm going to burn one more on out of my three on this little thingy and say, very good. We are about to reach one of our major destinations. Try to um, look for another way if the storm is too persistent. Please. You're only just getting to... Uh, never mind. Yes, we'll keep an eye out for any other ways that we can get down to you. You know, I'm going to burn my third one and just say... <laughs> <laughs> there were dragons. White dragons. And giants. <laughs> and pirates. <laughs> <laughs> I have 25. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a pause, and Val will say, Oh, well, I'm glad I'm up here then. Best of luck to you. Don't die. <laughs> you just give me a bye, Felicia. <laughs> <laughs> You're the one that wanted to come here. <laughs> Still love it. <laughs> Better you than me. Out. <laughs> Your ride's still here. <laughs> so yeah, okay. I still got sending as my third as a third level spell, so we're okay if we need it. But uh, you, I mean, you do still have the sending stone too. Oh yeah, that's right. Shit. Oh well, fuck it. <laughs> fuck it. I didn't think about it right then. I had to try out my new toy first and foremost. Right. That was also not the Astromancy Archive. That was the other one. Because right. that one, I'm keeping that in case we end up in a in a in a jam. Ravnus, get ready to see the future. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're going to, I guess at that point, march forward to um, our destination. Yeah. You eventually get climbing this tower, which isn't nearly uh, as big around as the the tower you first entered in. Um, but it is kind of set up in a similar way where it's a series of steps through some floors and then it opens up into like a large atrium um, that takes up the whole floor. And after climbing your way up through two of those, you get to one that appears to be like the main atrium for the Order of the Rift Centuries. You see above an archway a crest 
which is a, a shield which has a sword emblazoned across it with a jagged line kind of crossing it the other way almost like a lightning bolt and cyrus will say this is it fantastic um so yeah i'll uh very quickly kind of lead everybody inside before kind of turning to the group after we're like you know physically in the building mm -hmm. all right everyone we've reached our destination so it's now time to actually get to the fun part the whole reason that we've come here cyrus will say the archives will be located on the third and fourth floors above uh, the immediate floors are going to be uh, lodgings, uh, mess, and uh, training areas. Okay. All right. So we are going to be heading towards the third and the fourth floor. Where's the in where um, the information? That's the words that I'm looking for. The information that we're looking for will be housed. Um, whenever we get up there, you know, um, remember our assignments. Let's see here. Um, Roxana and Brohane, you all will be in charge of clearing any rubble to look for any sort of items that might be lost underneath these piles of rock and ice. Um, Scriv, you can detail the information that is being brought to us. Um, and everyone else, you're on search duty. Except for you, Renzar. You get to sit and relax, because we need you to get back. I... it's alright. I can help search if you need me to. Okay, well, then there we go. And new information about Mind Flayers is not something that, um, I, uh, am going to pass up. Oh, are you interested? I'm a Githzerai. Well, yeah, just curious. I, I oppose mind flares whenever the opportunity and knowledge to do so is always useful. Cool. You can make an insight check there, Marco. Okay. Just for funsies. Um, that is an 18 altogether. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, uh, you're pretty sure that there's more to more to him than he's letting on. Like, yeah, that's true. He's a he's a Gitzerai who, you know, mind flayers are like their mortal enemies. But uh, you think his his interest is more specific than than he's letting on. Okay, so um, I think with that information, Marco was just gonna say as he did, he's like, oh, well, that's cool. Turns around and starts to think about it and go, that's weird. Hmm. <laughs> Marco actually managed to like read somebody. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> Nobody just wants knowledge for knowledge's sake, except for me. Sees <laughs> up to something. I have to know though. It could be very academic. <laughs> um I would have to, with that, with that 18, do I get an insidious feeling from it? No. No, you don't. Okay. Then no, if that's the but, case, then... But his interest seems more personal than he's letting on. Then we will, uh... We'll go. We'll approach that later, if that's the case. Because if I'm, if I'm not getting, like, he's like, hmm, he's interested in knowledge. Fascinating. <laughs> but... <laughs> work must intrude. <laughs> and start moving my way upstairs. Sure. You guys enter and you see that there is a large room that looks like it was like a central like mess hall, basically. And there's various rooms all the way around. And actually the next floor up has like a balcony that goes all the way around. And you see rooms that you imagine are likely like individual lodgings for members of the Rift Sentries when they're staying here. You travel through this room into the room beyond and see an equally large room taking up like the other like hemisphere of this level of the tower. It looks like it's a large training room. Now, most of the structure seems to be intact, although some areas have piled up with some ice and snow that has blown in through a couple openings here or there. But for the most part, it seems pretty traversable. 
And you do find um, on this side, there is a central staircase that goes up to that second layer. And you see two spiral staircases to either side that seem to go up even further. So it was two spiral staircases to go upstairs. Um, Cyrus, which direction should we go to? They both should go to roughly the same place. Okay. Well, then let's take the left because left is best. Uh, the stairs are a little bit icy, um, as it looks like occasionally there'll be a giraffe that'll swirl down here, but um, you can make it up just fine. And uh, you see what stepping into this this area, um, the very familiar arrangement of what is very clearly a library. A lot of these rows of shelves have seen better days, but you cannot, there's no mistaking the uh, distinct arrangements of rows and rows of shelves flanking a central walkway where there's tables laid out for study and various side rooms and alcoves meant for, you know, like a little bit of privacy to take, take different books and tomes and stuff aside to research. And then you see a level above, similar to what you saw below, a ring of balconies that go all the way around and you can even make out more shelves up there. And there's a staircase, as you get back in, there's a staircase that goes up to that level um, located roughly about above where the one below was. And and what you can see at the top of those steps is rows of arched doors that go into individual circular rooms beyond. And you can't quite make out what's in those areas from down here. Okay, Marco's like a kid in a candy store. Um... <laughs> I think he'd briefly point out, oh yeah, Merrick, um, you help Roxana and Brohang. Uh, don't worry so much about searching. What, you don't think I can do it? If you want to try. No, that sounds hard. I'll lift stuff. <laughs> 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 That's what I thought. <laughs> I love Merrick so much. <laughs> I love Merrick too. He's so much fun. Yeah, I think that Marco's already looking through books. Okay. Um... Probably very quickly, trying to figure out any sort of, like, pattern or system. Also saying to Sai, like, Alright, so where would the actual information on Illithids be if this place is pretty well intact? Point me in the direction. He says, um, I believe, uh, I believe most of that information probably would have been converted to cognition shards by now, which will be located, and he gestures up the steps to the, like, array of rooms, um, up there. I think Marco would just start walking. He's probably not really like he's in his own headspace at this point as he's kind of following Cyrus's instructions towards the location. Sure. Luckbeak and Ravness. Yeah. What are are, are you guys uh, are you guys splitting up to look for stuff or are you just kind of sticking with Marco? I mean, is there the is the library big enough that there's like big swaths where nobody's looking right now? Cuz I mean, if if it's big enough, I'm not going to stick around Ravness. There, I mean, it is fairly big. Um, most of the shelves that are down here uh, are in various states of decay. Um, you may be able to, like, dig through the rubble, but this down here seems to be mostly where, like, Roxana, Brohane, and Merrick are just kind of doing some excavation to see what can be salvaged from all of the rubble. Um, the areas that seem a little bit more intact seem to be where Marco's going. Sure. Uh, I don't know. What are you doing, Ravenous? I think Ravnus is going to stick with Marco. Okay. Cool, cool. Okay. Marco, Ravnus, and Luckbeak, or Flapwing, whichever. Yeah. <laughs> head <laughs> head up the... I, I, I've noticed that I'm like basically just interchangeable. It's totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you guys head up there, and uh, Marco in the lead, 
And as you get to the top of the steps, you can kind of see through one of these archways and it appears to be a circular chamber and you can see uh, the walls, floor to ceiling around the inside of this chamber. They're not bookshelves per se. They're almost like metal racks and slotted into racks uh, in rows are glowing pieces of cinder shard. <laughs> There's like a pedestal and a mechanism uh, in the middle that looks kind of like a brazier at circular with uh, metal implements that kind of come up around and you see these same metal slots that are on the walls located around the outside of this like brazier where it looks like crystals can be taken off the wall and slotted around the outside of this um, and there's actually what looks like the remains of wooden chairs sitting around this mechanism as if like people will sit here in a circle around it and there is one crystal sticking in the mechanism currently cyrus is this i assume that this is the machine for the cognition shards is that correct Yes, that that is correct. Uh, this is a more more recent addition to our archives here, as uh, the technology is was getting adopted more widespread throughout uh, all of the Kratorian Empire. Uh, shortly before I found myself trapped in the ring, um, it does look like they've expanded some of their operations in my absence, but um, I can't imagine it was too long before the empire itself would fall. But um, each individual crystal is the imprinted specific memories, knowledge, and even some personality of an individual. Accessing the crystal will create a facsimile to which can be interacted with, effectively allowing you to ask this person questions and allowing them to interact to some limited degree. It's quite fascinating technology uh, developed by Professor Haggard Arderforge, who was working very closely with the Empire to develop this technology. Interesting. Um, will, will I need this machine in order for these to have any sort of meaning outside of this room? Um, the machine allows you to interact with the psionic imprint directly uh, that is in the crystal. Um, simply trying to access the crystal through intuition can glean some information, but mostly just uh, who the individual imprinted in the crystal is and the topic in which they are speaking. This is exceptionally valuable information, and I mean... This is also cinder shard, like somebody would come around and use it for fucking jet fuel. Yes, um, cinder shard seems to be exceptionally good at this type of magic. Um, although from my understanding, any powerful substance could do it, like moonstone or residuum or the like. Hmm. Well then, um, I think uh, first, I guess first things first is just test the machine with the crystal that's currently still in place. Yeah. Um, I would, I would probably say to Flapwing and Ravnus, wait, real quick, Sai, is there any way to, like, tell which of these crystals, like, differentiate them? Like, just looking around the room? They are categorized. Um, they are labeled, though it doesn't seem like many of the labels has held up. Um, simply touching them, uh, and focusing on them could give you, uh, intuition of the information on it. All right, um... And Ravnus, I will say, seeing these shards, uh, they almost look identical to your spell shard that that had uh, your Githyanki knowledge imprinted upon it. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to remember how we, like, I vaguely remember that. <laughs> yeah. So your spell shard basically is a book that has been mm -hmm. imprinted into a crystal, and you can right. read the book just by simply focusing on the crystal. This seems like a more advanced application of that same 
magical technology. Okay, okay. I remember. Starts, um, start searching and touching the stones. Um, anything illithid or mind player related, I'm going to see if I can get this thing working. Sure. So, uh, do you touch the stone that's already in the device? Uh, yes. Yes, I do. Okay. You touch it and focus on it, and it suddenly flashes orange, and you are no longer standing where you were standing. Whoop. <laughs> in fact, uh, everyone in the room now finds themselves standing in a kind of dark, evenly lit room with stone walls, no discernible details. And there appears to be like a robed monk sitting on a chair holding a large tome. And as the four of you arrive, kind of just appearing there, um, he looks up and says, hello. And you standing there, the three of you, and you look to your side to see a tall, slender elf with jet black hair pulled back with piercing blue eyes, wearing dark leather armor and a scimitar on one hip and what looks like spell components on the other, a braided leather band across his forehead standing there with you. Ravnus immediately draws her sword. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Cyrus! I look around, is everybody there? Not everybody, everybody, but okay. the people just in that the little side room that you were in, which is Flapwing, Marco, and Ravnus. Oh, that's it. Okay. And now you're standing there with an elf you don't recognize, yep. and then there's a human man in a robe sitting there like he was expecting somebody. Well, Ravnus, you draw your sword? Mm-hmm. In, just in general or threateningly towards um, she's she's doing it sort of a general trying to decide uh, who <laughs> she's going to attack first I think she's leaning who I'm assuming is Cyrus um, because he's wearing armor and stuff and the other guy has a book how dare you <laughs> have a sword and wear armor <laughs> yeah you do that and the, the elf kind of looks around and smiles and says well I wasn't expecting that to happen. Uh, looking at you, Ravenous, and he says, uh, I'm not sure we formally been acquainted. I know you're Ravenous. I'm Cyrus. And he turns to, to Flapwing and says, we've we've met briefly. Oh. Uh, you had the yeah, ring I, before I you gave it to Marco. Yeah. Hey. I know it was like 4,000 <laughs> years ago. So. <laughs> it's, it, it's okay. He's, he's my ring buddy. Wait. This is... Are we inside your... Your ring? No, no. There's, this is much more accommodating than my ring. Uh, no, it appears that uh, we are currently reading the information that is on this uh, cognition shot. It appears Marco activated it in his attempt to glean the information on it. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, I thought... I mean, I thought that you all could search while I was kind of doing, but no, apparently we get all brought into this, so it's a very fascinating piece of technology, and it's nice to finally meet you in person, Cyrus. I mean, I've always had you in my head. I mean, I don't think it gets any more in person than literally being in someone's head, but uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I appreciate the sentiment. But I mean, it's a, it's a, you know, nice, your physical being. Nice to meet you extra person, not in person, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys forget I exist all the time. <laughs> How can now I? You can, now you can literally put a face to the name. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, the, the the guy in the robe is just sitting there patiently, just kind of like watching his 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 head, his eyes and head, just like kind of ping ponging through the conversation between you as you're and, talking. Um, <laughs> and who who's your your friend? Cyrus is going to say, uh, presumably the individual imprinted upon the shot, and th that guy. 
clearly seeing the uh, the opening in the conversation, uh, is going to say, "Yes, yes. Uh, my my name is Gralvum Silas. I am an archivist." Um, hello there. Um, may I ask what information you're currently holding on your um? Uh, how would I put it? Crystal? Cinder yes, I, I I understand that uh, everyone's still getting used to the shard technology, but I've been told that uh, the individuals coming to get the information that I have to offer will understand what's going on. He says as if he's not 100% sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and you almost get the impression that like when when the knowledge that this person imprinted, he, he was still... Un- not quite understanding the technology. <laughs> Someone's like, "No, here you need to you need to record your your lecture onto onto the videotape to someone who doesn't know what a video right. recorder is." So, uh, how do we how do we know that this isn't a trap? You asked the guy. I, I she's asking Marco. Um, can I roll an Arcana check? <laughs> sure. <laughs> That's a nat 20, wow. so that's a 28. <laughs> a nat 20? Ooh. Yes. In that moment, you become distinctly aware of you do not know how to get out of this facsimile, <laughs> <laughs> the simulated reality, uh, which is just a room and a guy. Uh, but it is, in fact, like a simulated space um, made up of basically just thoughts. Um, you guys are just sharing a dream right now, which a lot of things become aware to you immediately in this nat 20 of one, you don't know how to get out of here. Two, you don't know what's happening to your bodies right now because this is happening in your in your like collective consciousness. Those are the two biggest concerns. Uh, but beyond that, you don't think that this particular setup is intended to be a trap, though you're immediately, all of the ways this type of Magitek could be used as a trap come flooding into your mind Um, (laughs) uh, if set up by someone with malicious intentions but uh, but no Um, no you're fairly certain this isn't a trap but um, the immediate thought of not 100% knowing how this works or how to get out of it is the most pressing anxiety that comes to you Um, I would say to Ravnus then I do not believe that this is this is not a trap. This is kind of how this technology is supposed to work. So we don't have to fear that there is like some creature in the background because this is happening in our minds. It's not happening to our bodies. But the more pressing problem is I'm not sure how to turn it off. And also I'm not sure what's actually happening to our bodies at this moment. So those are our kind of concerns, but I don't think that we're gonna get killed while in this form. Like, I don't think if a creature comes out of the wall that we're going to die. But we could be being eaten by a dragon right now. I Well, I guess if we would, your consciousness would cease to being and go on to the next plane of existence. So uh, probably one of us would at least uh, uh, disappear. I'm not comfortable with this. <laughs> so, if, <laughs> so if one of us disappears, then that's a good time to panic. I like start feeling my head and I'm like but what if I fell down and I got a head wound and I'm not dead yet and I'm still sort of on this plane but like uh... no. let's, let us relax <laughs> okay. we're essentially using a library okay. recorder okay <laughs> Marco we, says like anyone knows what that is <laughs> we, it's like, we are yeah it's like we're essentially using just a piece of library technology 
It's it's weird, but it's not meant to be malicious. Okay. <laughs> but first, Cyrus, do you recall in your previous time working with this machinery just how to generally get out of it? Um, he's going to say, uh, well, there's normally a operator that remains outside of the facsimile. Um, that doesn't appear to be the case here. So maybe just simply engaging the information at hand and basically running through the routine, it may stop automatically. Well, that's a good hypothesis for now. And then, um, we kind of like, like, looks up and if not, we have Dex. <laughs> Dex, uh, who did not come into the, the facsimile with yeah. you guys. So we, we, we're not we're... quite sure what that would look like. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I say to the the the, uh, the image, I guess. Well, sir, um, we are here to collect your knowledge, so could you please tell us what you have stored on this crystal? Well, yes, yeah, he says, and he kind of pats uh, pats uh, the, his tome and says, uh, "Well, uh, I I was here basically to provide the information on how these crystals work um, for those using them for the first time." Uh-huh. <laughs> As Marco says to the others, like it's the tutorial yeah. program. <laughs> <laughs> we stumbled in the tuto- into the tutorial. Isn't this lovely? <laughs> and uh, he he's he basically just like takes that as the opportunity to just like go into his spiel, saying much of the same information that you've already gotten from Cyrus, talking about how this technology is currently being developed and expounded upon by someone by the name of Professor Haggard Arterforge. And uh, as a means of preserving information, um, outlying ways in which like books and recordings can be recorded in ways uh, that take up less space and uh, are easy to access and also ways for people to basically interact with individuals that they otherwise wouldn't be able to. An individual being able to imprint his you know, knowledge, memories, and even like slivers of personality onto these things so that someone can learn by going and actually just interviewing basically a simulated version of the person. And it even goes on to more advanced applications where multiple of these can be uh, linked in an array together so that if you had people imprint who were all in the same place at the same time together, you can create a facsimile of that specific event in time, opening up applications for crime investigation, for just the recording of like specific events in time. And in fact, he says that the Order of the Rift Sentries is excited to use this technology as potentially training programs. Mm-hmm. Marco's just sitting listening dutifully. Uh, and, like, he's going through a spiel, but he's, like, occasionally stopping and saying, like, and if you have any questions, you just need only ask. Um, I've been assured that this enchantment is interactive and <laughs> will inter- engage with you uh, interactively. <laughs> <laughs> he says, so, like, you... Like I said, the the person uh, the person that clearly imprinted on this shard was not fully aware of like how this works. Was just the person they said, "Hey, just go basically recite this information." <laughs> um, 
Let me ask you, sir, how do we turn off the program? Well, the operator on the outside will turn off the program, but given enough inactivity, uh, or you seem satisfied with the information you have gained, um, it should eject you from the facsimile automatically. Hmm. Um, I'm feeling very satisfied with my information. It's the first time you've ever said that. <laughs> um, hmm. You immediately feel a pain in your head, and uh. your your eyes blur, and you are on the floor <laughs> in oh. the room you were in before. <laughs> what do we see? Does he just disappear? Uh, no, you guys all wake up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, okay. Maybe we should keep someone out here to uh, operate the machine. Yeah, I, I would feel fine if I, I weren't in there. That would be great. Wait, you guys are making me lift heavy shit and you're up here taking a nap? <laughs> you hear Merrick from the doorway. <laughs> Merrick, we're, we're using a library. Um, you, we went to another plane of existence for a moment. Cy uh, Cyrus will, will speak up in your mind. Uh, he seems a little disoriented, uh, like the process of him going from the ring to the shard <laughs> and back basically is not as smooth as you guys simply waking up. Um, he goes, oh, well, I don't think that's strictly speaking what it was. We were just mentally engaging with the information encoded on the shard where there was no planar travel happening. Cyrus, um, Merrick's, it's easier just to put it into simplicities than to explain it to him. I've learned this very quickly. <laughs> My mistake. Carry on. That <laughs> that, does he say that out loud? Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I was going to say that in my mind to Cyrus. I don't think I'd have that little tact, but. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> I, I, Marco would say that in his mind, unfortunately. Okay. Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't want to insult Merrick. <laughs> Outwardly. <laughs> yeah. I guess Only I in my say. mind. <laughs> It's just a matter of like I I don't want I don't have to deal with trying to explain to Merrick how this whole thing works. So let's just move <laughs> forward. <laughs> I'll explain it to him later. Um, You'll tell him when he's older. <laughs> well, it's like yeah. Well, um, Merrick, we'll just we'll we'll explain it to you later. But suffice to say, we're in a very weird situation. All right, he says um, like he's not quite sure he believes you. Like, I'm going to go back to lift heavy stuff and totally not take a nap. Um, did you find anything so far? I found a rock that, like, kind of looks like a dog. What? Let me see. <laughs> he holds it up and it does, in fact, like, oddly shaped like a German shepherd's head in profile. <laughs> a smile and nod approvingly. How could you? Mar Margo's just going to smile at that and it's like, well, how could you not <laughs> find that adorable? <laughs> But other than that, no. <laughs> Merrick, you're you're the, the heart of the team. Oh, ah, thanks. I don't know what that means. And he'll walk down the steps. <laughs> I, I feel like we would all slowly lose our minds if we didn't have him around. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, it's up. I mean, I think that this might be up to you all if you all would like to accompany myself and Cyrus or not. Um, I could do this on my own, but. You know, I could always use some assistance. I think at least one of us needs to be out here in case something happens. Ravenous, well, not that I know how to work the machinery, but do you feel comfortable with that? I can 
try. I think I'm the best suited to defend everyone should something happen. Yeah, I guess that's true. Okay. I mean, we also do have other people downstairs working that we could call up here to do it, too. Yeah, you look down there and it doesn't look like Scriv is doing anything currently because none of those guys found anything worth cataloging yet. Scriv, yes, Scriv could actually assist us with this. Um, And he kind of like screams down from the upstairs. Scriv, could you come here for a moment? Of course. And he'll come jauntily up the steps. Okay, so um, this is some interesting technology, and we need an operator in order to ensure the the, the safety um, of what we're doing. So we need you to operate this machine while we go into these various crystals. Okay. How do um, I do that? Well, um, let me show you real quick. And he. Yeah, Cyrus will basically like tell say like you know there's there's like an instrument like kind of panel and like a lever that engages the the crystal with the metal mechanism the cage around it basically um it looks like the one the crystal that was already in there was like already engaged so like the minute you touched it you got sucked in so yeah i, I keep like explaining this to scriv and it's like do, do you understand what i'm saying i believe so okay fantastic um if that's the case, we're going to go into the next crystal, um, but first we need to find which one we need. Hmm. Make an investigation check. Is that writ large or just to Marco? Um, I, I directed it mostly to Marco, but I suppose anyone who wanted to help may do so. Yeah. Um, I got a dirty non-natural 20. Oh, wow. Uh, also non-natural 20. That was not very good. That was like a seven. Okay. Yeah, Ravnus, uh, you're kind of going through and kind of just kind of touching these crystals one at a time. You know, you kind of know it's the same sensation as like when you used your spell shard to like basically read that book about Githyanki fighting techniques and like psionics and stuff, where it's just like you just kind of touch it and like focus on it a second, kind of prying into the depths of the crystal and you're just catching glimpses of bits of information about what's on it. Ravnus, you're not finding anything that has to do with mind flayers, though. You find one that's talking about beholders, one that's talking about slaughter, other creatures, and then you find some that are specifically talking about like planar travel and how to search for signs of uh, breaches in the uh, rifts in the plains and what kind types of creatures may come through. But you're not finding anything about mind flayers. Okay. Luckbeak and Marco. Marco, as you're going around, it is a weird sensation because it's not like you're going into like the memory like you were before. You're just catching like glimpses of ideas. And after kind of cycling through a bunch of stuff, you do find one that is specifically talking about general information and like hive structure of mind flayers. And then the next one appears to be information about mind flayers abilities and tactics luckbeak you happen to come to one that is specifically mind flare physiology mm. and you kind of look up and see that you are on the other end of the section that marco just got to okay. it seems to be like a section that is all mind flayer stuff okay marco did you this is this is a mind this is a mind flayer one too um it, it would seem like all of these over here are mind flayers um um, collect them, collect them together, and then we we can parse them out as we go. I look around for some sort of like bag. Um, I think I would take like one of my like bags or boxes and just like toss it at them. Yeah, I take it and pack up all the books that are available to me. Yep. Yeah, you you um this entire section uh is uh seven crystals. Okay. 
what do you think would be the first one that we should actually, like, look through? Like, I mean, we got seven here, theoretically, with plenty of information. Uh, I, I don't, but this is definitely your, your area of expertise. It helps to talk these things up. Okay, you know I mean? okay, okay. Um, three's my lucky number. Three. I pick up three. Um, I, like I assume that we kind of like line them up um, okay. on the floor and then just be like the third one over. So I was like third one to the left, and I just grab. Yeah, it. yeah. So as you pick this up, uh, it is the information about mind flayer physiology. All right, this is physiology. So this would probably go into magical capabilities. All right, this one. Okay. Excellent work, Flapwing. Uh, 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 thanks, I guess. Let's uh, <laughs> let's read. Yeah, you slide it into the device and uh, engage the... Uh, <laughs> do you guys sit down first? <laughs> yeah, that would be a good idea. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. Griff would otherwise be like pretty alarmed because I don't think you warned him about that. <laughs> just slap it in, just Griff's like, uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, goodness. <laughs> so you can sit down. Uh, the chairs are no longer existent, but you can kind of like just sit alongside this like pedestal and kind of just reach up to touch to the device and engage it. And suddenly your vision goes black and comes back in in a completely different room. This room seems larger than the one you were in before. And it actually, as you look, uh, it's a semicircular room and it looks like there's tiered seats. And you can kind of make out like silhouettes of like a crowd of people. Um, at least like two dozen people kind of sitting down with their attention all kind of down where you're at. Um, but you can't really make out any features of them. They're just kind of like just silhouettes of people. And you turn and see that there's someone standing under like uh, a very bright light. And it is a three cream, a mantis person standing in front of a autopsy table with a mind flare laid on it open. And you guys up here, poof, standing next in. Hello there. Oh, oh, hello again to Cyrus. It's nice to see your physical form again. Yes, and Cy <laughs> Cyrus is there as well. And he goes, yes, it is um, definitely um, a breath of fresh air from the ring, although this is unpleasant. He says, kind of nodding. <laughs> hello? The three queen clicks its mandibles, and you guys all kind of hear in your minds, hello. Okay. So it doesn't sound anything like the other three queen I saw. No. Okay, good. There is more than one three queen in the universe. Yeah, well, <laughs> we've only run into one important one. <laughs> uh, okay. This three queen who, in its four arms, is holding different surgical implements as it's kind of standing here in front of this kind of flayed mind flare. He kind of clicks his mandibles, kind of looking up to all of you and says, how can I be of service? Hello. Um, yes, we are... Um academics here to learn about illithid physiology in particular we are curious about their abilities to produce like psionic energy or to manipulate the mind in order to uh visualize or see something that might not otherwise be there the three queen nods and says yes their psionic nature is potent um and seems to be intrinsically linked to the development of their brains uh that is developed through the process of seramorphosis so i remember the seramorphosis is, is how a, a mind flare comes to be and it's basically like a a slug-like creature that goes into the body of another creature that metamorphosizes them into an illithid is that correct that is correct the illithid tadpole is allowed to burrow into the brain 
of a humanoid creature. And over time, that creature undergoes a process called seromorphosis, to which then they will become a new mind flare individual, part of the hive mind of that mind flare's colony. Excellent. Fascinating stuff. Um, yes, I, I do believe um, with the hive, there's like a, a central creature, is that correct? A central figure for this hive mind. An elder brain. Yes. yes. What can you tell me about the Illithid's metamorphosis the, that, that alters the way it alters the body to become more potent to psionic energy? We are not 100% certain on exactly the, what this process is. Um, however, um, we imagine it has to do with specific enzymes and chemicals in the brain that allow it to amplify its psionic energy and project that energy outward from its body, affecting the minds of other individuals, as well as allowing it to communicate with others in its hive mind and the elder brain. We do know that the individuals do have great psionic potential due to the life cycle of a colony. New elder brains are formed by mind flare individuals metamorphizing again to a new elder brain if the colony uh, is branching off to create a new colony or if the elder brain is slain and needed replaced. Um, would this program allow me to see the brain? Yes and one of the smaller sets of arms reaches down and grabs a scalpel and using its two larger hands holds the head and as the smaller arms reach forward with a, a scalpel and a spanner to make an incision between the mind flayer's eyes up <laughs> over its cranium and using its two larger arms pull apart so you can see the swollen mind flayer brain beneath. Uh, may I make a medicine check to see if I can glean anything in particular from that? Sure. Ravnus, and she's shown up here, and especially now looks just, like, very deeply disgusted with all of this. That tracks. Um, but she's letting Marco ask his questions and <laughs> such. Um, I got a solid nine on my medicine check, so... Yeah, yeah, um, you know with certainty that shit's gross. <laughs> <laughs> um... I look over to Cyrus and I'm going to say, I think that's all we can glean from this one. What do you um, think? And uh, he's going to nod and says, I think so. Um, nothing, n none of this was, strictly speaking, new information to me, at least. Exactly. So maybe the physiology was the bad start, but at least it means that we chuck one of these possibilities out the window. Mm -hmm. um, and with that, we're, I'm going to... Like, uh, Scriv, can you pull us out, please? With that, you guys all come to sitting around this pedestal. Okay. Um, I think at that point, I'm going to look over at the crystals, and then I kind of like, what are, the, what are the crystals remaining in front of me? Like, what are the six that I'm, like, actually looking at here? You, you already grabbed physiology. Correct. So there are three that deal with history. Then there was one that appears to be abilities and tactics, one that is ecology, and one that is ships. One ecology, one ships. I think that the next one... Ravnus, would you actually be interested in the nautiloid ships? I think this one might actually be pertinent for you. I can do that. Let's do that one next so we can cover that. Um, yeah, if anything, you can learn how to better destroy them. All right, then. All right. So you grab that one and you put it on the mechanism, removing the other one. The three of you 
take a seat again and engage it. And once again, your consciousness gets pulled into another place. The world around you dissolves away, and a new world begins to form slowly in pieces. You find yourself standing on what appears to be a wooden catwalk with a railing looking over a large expanse. Enclosed, a warehouse and a structure filling the middle space. A large, probably about 120 feet wide, filling your entire view off of this vantage point. And as the scene of a dry dock, a hangar almost, is forming around you, Marco, the scene isn't even fully formed yet. In this like fraction of a second, you hear a voice behind you. Marco? Um, wait, what? I, I look behind. And you turn, and it's almost as if time is slowing down as this memory that you're entering is forming. You see Hannah standing there. And just as you register, she flickers and fades away. And that's where we are going to leave the episode. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. So much for like, oh, just read some books about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to let that trauma die. <laughs> Juicy. Thunder crackles against a cloud-covered night, backlighting an ever-growing tower that pulsates and squirms. The stench of thick, dead blood from the rotting ground beneath your feet screams with the pain of every weapon rended from the grisly warriors who've met their end here. The earth quakes again as a deafening roar echoes from the slick meat tower in front of you. She calls. She is waiting. You see and hear this terrible, like, cracking of bone and rending of flesh as his form just sort of shifts and twists. Uh, maybe he's, like, juggling or something. Maybe he's found some, like, dismembered um, body parts and he's, he's using that as a distraction. Galgenbeck, what a nice city. The rotten flesh doesn't stink quite as much there. Rejoice! The fall of humanity comes. But has all of the sickness been for nothing? Find out on Fables Around the Table, she. Hey, I'm Saker. And I'm Evan. And our podcast is It's All Been Done, a Bare Naked Ladies podcast. Hey, what's that podcast about, Ev? So, do you know of a band called Bare Naked Ladies? One week. Yeah, yeah, that's one of them. Okay, all right, cool. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Did you ever want to learn more about them? Or... Absolutely not. <laughs> okay, well, then this is the podcast for you because we teach you nothing with various guests. Yeah, like uh, like Matt Besser. Holy he shit. Climbed in a second story window and partied in this house where we barely didn't know at all the people that was crazy holy fuck mike mitchell why well, I, I don't know how how like how much you guys really do love bare naked ladies justin mcelroy grab your tongue grab your tongue and i want you to say Our born tongue. on a pirate ship born on a pilot ship you were born on a pilot shit and many more so check it out but also if you don't like bare naked ladies we talk about them probably like a third of the time so uh, yes that's every Tuesday, wherever fine podcasts are sold. We can make a board game about it. As you walk down the sidewalk, passing shops of all kinds, the cold wind stinging against your cheeks as the snow beneath your feet gives a light crunching, 
you see a sign above your goal, Chronicle Comics. You open the door, the ding of the bell letting the clerk know someone has entered. He looks up at your familiar face and says, Hey, uh, that comic you were picking up ended its run, but it looks like the company printing it as uh, something new out. And he hands you a comic. On the cover, a city along the water at night, searchlights across the dark sky. In each light are four faces with names and contrastingly colorful font below them. Falcon Girl. No, he would not be impressed. He'd be like 50 times more pissed than he already is at me. Royale. Yeah, watching and seeing what happens isn't stopping the crime. Remix! Am I the only one confused why Quasi can whisper? Quasi Raptor. Quasi never gets to eat. Above them, in white font with yellow bordering, the words Cape Chronicles. Available every first and third Wednesday of each month starting March 2nd, 2022 from Project Derailed, wherever you get your podcasts. It is cramped in here. ProjectDerailed.com